0: Romans, the sixth chapter. Let's begin a reading again. Let's go all the way back up to verse 16 and read through the remainder of the chapter, which would be verse 23. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience? Leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things in which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, Lord, you know each heart. You know us, Lord. You know our innermost being, Lord. And You know the facade that we can so easily put on. But Lord, You know us intimately, the heart. So Father, now, just the truth of Your Word. Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in His name I pray. Amen. Now, as we've talked about previously in in this series in Romans, I've made this statement. Everybody on the face of this planet is a slave. Now, that's a biblical statement of fact. Um, uh, Categorically, biblically, there are two categories. You're either a slave of sin leading to death, or a slave of righteousness leading to eternal life. We all have a master which we serve. Either sin is your master, or the Lord is your master. Paul says a slave is bound to obey their master. And we know this. No one can serve two masters. We've read what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24. He says no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you can only serve one master and and may we all examine ourselves and give an honest answer to the question who's my master who do I serve and someone may come back with the well, well preacher how do i know How do I know? Well, I kind of gave the answer there, and Paul gives the answer. It was in verse 16. We've looked at this. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves, slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey. So who are you obeying? Is it sin leading to death, or is it obedience leading to righteousness? And again, as we've looked at obedience a few weeks ago, Paul says that every true born-again believer has obeyed, from the heart, that form of doctrine to which we have been delivered. And We've talked about through the weeks of how the Lord God Himself is taking out our dead heart, a heart of stone. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And He has placed within us a living heart. He has raised us in Christ to newness of life. So Jesus came, gave Himself a ransom, and a payment for sin for all who believe that sacrificial lamb, and having believed him, that form of doctrine of Christ, being formed into that image of Christ. Uh, Scotty mentioned sanctification. Well, I'm not going to really get talking about that so much today. I thought we would, but it's going to be for an, uh, next week or another time. We're going to be talking about that 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 form of doctrine. Uh, that word, if you read MacArthur, he, he talked about, That that is talking about, can be talking about an actual form, a mold that we have been poured. God has poured us into the mold of Jesus Christ. He is making us more and more into the image of Christ, that, that sanctification. Having believed, having obeyed from the heart, and we will continue. A true born again believer will continue to obey. This is an evidence of salvation. Continuance. Perseverance, a a persevering faith. Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Shall be saved. A a true believer will continue to bear spiritual fruit in and throughout their lives. Now there may be times when, when we have stumbled into sin Uh, there there may be times when it seems like we're not bearing much fruit but we will not be a true born again believer will not be like the remember the parable of, of the sower or of the seed and we talked about that seed that fell on stony ground and it and it sprang up it sprang up but it was not rooted in good ground and we could say it's not rooted in christ no fruit no fruit, and it withered away. Serve one of two masters. You are either a tree that bears, I said it bore—it didn't bear fruit, but perhaps it bore bad fruit. Because we're all bearing fruit. Uh, le- le- let me put it that way. We're all bearing fruit. Whether we're a believer or a non-bel- non-believer, we're bearing fruit. And it'll either be good fruit in the Lord or bad fruit. Uh, in in sin and unrighteousness. But for those who are truly rooted in Christ, we will bear good fruit. Let's read again what Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 20. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears what? Bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So here we have good trees and bad trees. And, and and I know I've said this before, these categories, there's only always ever two categories. Good tree, bad tree. Serve this master, serve that master. Only two. Believer, unbeliever. There's no other category. Uh, no other categories. There's always two. In verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Well, let's just pause there for a minute. What's this talking about? Judgment. A bad tree with bad fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Hell. It's talking of judgment and what is to come. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. We're all fruit bearers, all of us, believer unbeliever, we all bear fruit in our life. And Paul talked about that. If we if we can read once again in Romans 6, verses 21 through 23, he talked about fruit. He said, what fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? What's he talking about? When you were yet lost... You were an unbeliever. You were not saved. What was the fruit? Well, it was bad fruit. And and now, and perhaps some of you can can look back before Christ at some of the things we did, as it said now, which which you're now ashamed. I can't believe I did some of those things. And then he goes on to say, for the end of those things is, what, death, thrown into the fire. But now, (laughs) don't you love those but now statements? But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of Christ, you have your fruit to holiness, to sanctification, and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Two categories again, either sin leading to death, Or obedience to God and obeying from the heart that form of doctrine and it leads to righteousness and eternal life. Two categories. Believe from the heart. I'm going to ask the question again today and I hope you never tire and grow weary of me pausing during these sermons and asking these questions. Do you believe? Because that's the most important question on the face of this planet. The answer to that question determines your... Everlasting condition. Have you believed and obeyed from the heart. The the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if not. You are going to be in that category. Of the bad tree. That will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Preacher that is kind of harsh. Better that I would speak a word. That may seem to you harsh now. To tell you the truth then you come to the end and go, why didn't He tell me? John 3, 16-18 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Let me pause there again. Saved? What's that mean? Saved? Saved from what? Saved from the wrath of of God saved from the fire. Can we put it that way? He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why would he be condemned already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. As I said, Jesus came to this earth to be that perfect sacrificial lamb to give his life and ransom for many to pay in full the payment for sin to every one who would believe. And so then the gospel message goes out, By faith, believe and receive Jesus Christ. Confess that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Repent of your sins. Receive Him. Turn and follow Christ. John 5 verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears My word and believes in Him who sent Me has... Everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. See, those without Christ are going to pass from death into eternal death, eternal fire. John 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Then one more time, Romans 10, verses 9 through 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in the life of a true, born-again believer, there will be a continuance of good fruit. Amen? Evidence in the life of a believer of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as I've talked about before, am I talking of sinless perfection? No, I am not. I am not. Uh, Because while we're still walking around in these physical, mortal, earthly bodies, we are prone to sin. We are prone to wonder. We are prone to many temptations. And sad to say, prone to stumble and at times disobey God. See, we're not yet totally perfected. We're being perfected. That's sanctification. We're being perfected, and that day will come someday, but not until we're standing in His presence. We cannot attain total perfection in our earthly mortal bodies now but we continue to press on. To press on. We continue to obey from the heart the doctrine of Christ by which we were delivered. To press on. That's Paul, isn't it? Press on. Uh, Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. And this is what Paul is saying. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. And he's saying, I'm not attained yet. I'm not perfected yet. But what's he say? Say those next four words with me. But I press on. That's us. That should be us. To press on. Why? That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal, toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That should be us, child of God, pressing on, pressing on. I've talked to, even in our little... Barb and I had a wonderful trip this last week. Got to hear some good preaching. Got to hear a lot of good Christian music. and Got to have a lot of conversations with a lot of people. There's some 2,000 people at this event. And in conversations, there's a lot of hurting and discouraged people. You know that? And maybe even you're here today or, or someone's listening to the sermon later, uh, later and, the, and, the, and they would would say to me, well, preacher, I, I and I am trying, I am trying to press on. I am trying, but I am tired. I am discouraged. I'm losing my strength to fight. I'm 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 losing heart. I'm I, I'm, I'm losing that strength to press on. And if we're all honest, we could all say we've all been there. That's been all of us at some point in our Christian life. When those times come, what should we do, child of God? You've heard me say this, and this is going to be how we're going to be ending up this sermon today. We've got to learn, brothers and sisters, to preach to ourselves. Preach to ourselves the Word of God. And we're going to spend some time this morning just reminding ourselves of some of the encouraging promises we we sang this morning, standing on the promises. We're going to read some of these great and precious promises, these words that we need to have at least, perhaps some of them or pieces of them committed to memory so that at a moment's notice from time to time we can preach these words to ourselves so that we may continue in faith to press on toward the goal, that upward call of Jesus Christ. We're saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. The, the, the psalmist, I've talked often here of, of how the psalmist preached to himself in, in Psalms 43, verse 5. And here I believe is the psalmist doing the very thing that I'm talking about. He's preaching to himself. And he's saying, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. He's, you see what he's doing? He's preaching to himself. Come on, soul. Why why are you worried? Why are you anxious? Why are you cast down? Turn your eyes to, to the Lord. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. In, in Psalms 121, verses one through three. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? See, we can look everywhere else. And it's a good thing to look at God's creation. But does our help come from the creation, from the hill? No, it comes from the Lord, the Maker of the hill, the Creator of the hill. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps you. Child of God, do do you know you're being kept by the Lord? The Lord is keeping us in His hand. And I know these are... Verses I talk about so often, who or what can snatch us out of his hand? There is nothing, there is no one. John 10, verses 27 through 29. My sheep hear my voice. Now, who's the sheep? It's the believers. It's not the whole world, it's the believers. My sheep hear my voice because He's the Good Shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. <laughs> it, isn't that a, to be known by the Lord? And I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. <laughs> Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. What a great promise to know that we are His. He who has the power to save also has the power to keep us, aren't you thankful? Saving, keeping power. 1 Peter 1. We're going to read quite a little section here uh, verses 3 down through 9. Listen listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again. ESV says has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and <laughs> undefiled and that does not fade away. Child of God, do you know you have an inheritance awaiting? And, and it does not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you. And listen to this. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That time, I, I believe that's when we're perfected complete salvation. In this, you greatly rejoice. In what? In knowing that we've been born of God, knowing that we have an inheritance reserved and being kept by the power of God. All of these things. In this, you greatly rejoice. In knowing these things, as just said in those those first few verses. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, You have been grieved by various trials. Now even this morning as we sang the hymn day by day, He gives each day what He deems best. He knows what we need. And child of God, we have to come to that understanding that sometimes we need a trial. We do. Sometimes that's what we need perhaps to shake us, perhaps to to let us know that our strength is not our own, but it comes from the Lord. So sometimes we, we need a trial so that we might know that it's all in Him. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why? That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible joy, unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Let's just read some more in in Peter. Go to chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. He had just said in chapter 1, having been grieved by various trials, and now he keeps coming with it. "Don't, Don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. And, and I think you know, earlier we were kind of talking, and we are talking about some who, it just seems like their Christian life, it's all about what, what God can give me, give me God, give me. It's all about give me this, give me that, the blessing, all, all of these things. And then all of a sudden a trial comes, they've got nothing to stand on. What's happened to me? This is not right. What a strange thing. But the Word of God tells us that these times come for a purpose, you see. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Let's go to chapter 5. And I pray as we read these. Well, Preacher, you're not preaching. You're just up there reading verses. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm doing. But as we're reading these verses, I want you to notice it's telling us of what God has done and of who He is and what He will continue to do. But it is also giving us what we should be doing. Are you seeing that? It's telling us what we should do here in uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 6 through 11. Look how it starts out. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We do that. We surrender to Him. We trust Him. We love Him. And so we humble ourselves before Him. Not be lifted up in our own eyes. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you, he will lift us up. That he might exalt you in due time. <laughs> What's due time? That's his time. When he deems best. Casting all your care upon him. Can somebody do that for you? Can somebody cast your cares upon the Lord? We do that. Well, how do we do that? You pray. You see, it's telling us those things that we are to do as well. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So knowing that he cares for you, cast your care upon him. And then it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Does that speak to us? Resist him. Can we do that of our own strength? No. We do it in the strength that He supplies. But we we are a part of the doing. Resist Him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Oh, me, oh my, I'm going through these things. Nobody else goes through these things. It's just me. What a poor, poor, pitiful me. No. The same sufferings are experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. (laughs) is, Is there plans and purposes that God has in our suffering? Yes. Don't think it's strange when you suffer and you go through a fiery trial. Don't. Because after you have suffered a while, in due time, in His time, But may the God of all grace, who called us by His eternal glory, by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, look at what He will do. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and dominion forever. Amen. We are to be sober, be vigilant. We have an adversary. We need to preach to ourselves the Word of God because our adversary... Is he being silent? Is our adversary being silent? No. The adversary speaks through temptations, through many different things. And and, and is is he speaking things that are good for us? No. Now, he may not be speaking things that are horrible and awful. He'll he'll speak the things that are maybe just a little bit not quite right to get us started off the wrong path and then take us deeper and deeper. Does that make sense? I think that's kind of how the, the enemy works. That that he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks like a good thing, but in reality it will lead us down a path of destruction. And perhaps he's whispering, and perhaps he's been whispering to you, maybe with words something like, why do you keep trying? Why, well, you can't live this Christian life. You can't do this. You're a failure. You just Why don't you just give up? You'll never win. You'll, you'll never make this. The, the voice is calling out to us with thoughts toward lust, with thoughts toward anger, with thoughts toward envy. Put the sin in there that is your stumbling block. Because we all have them. Put yours in there. Put your greatest temptation in there. Don't listen to it. Resist it. We've talked often. I didn't put the verse in there today. Take those thoughts captive and place them under the obedience of God. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of truth, not to the lie. Uh, Of course, lyrics of voice of truth. uh, This is good lyrics. But the voice of truth Tells me a different story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. The voice of truth says this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me. I will choose to listen and believe. The voice of truth. That's us. That should be us. Don't listen. Don't listen to all the other voices that's trying to draw you away from the Lord. But listen to the voice of truth and be at peace. Philippians 4 verses 5 through 7. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. (laughs) Remember that. The Lord is at hand. He is always at hand. He will never leave you, child of God. He will never forsake you. The Lord is at hand. And knowing that, therefore, (laughs) be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. (laughs) You see, may we come before the Lord with an attitude of thanksgiving to pray in everything. Pray! And then the promise... Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? But we we, we must humble ourselves before Him. Pray. Give thanks to God. See, often when it seems our life is in pieces, scattered on the ground. It's because we have forgotten about the Prince of Peace. There's a lyric, Chase, of uh, old hymn, What a Friend. The first verse. first verse of What a Friend. And, and what I'm talking about, you recall these, the, the words of this old hymn? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Now listen to this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Is there truth to that? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. May we come before His presence with singing. Come before Him with supplications. Come before Him with thanksgiving. Because we know this. I love this verse. And it it, it, it convicts me. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You, God, will keep Him. That's me. That's you. In perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Do you believe that? If we're fixed on Him, will we stumble, will we fall when our eyes are fixed and focused and upon Him? <laughs> you will keep Him in perfect peace. Our life will be falling apart with anxiety and fear and worry. We'll be at perfect peace when we have our minds stayed and fixed on Him. Because He, that's me and you, trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Set our minds on Him. He will lift us up. What we read earlier in 1 Peter, humble ourselves before Him, and He will exalt us. He will lift us up in due time, in God's timing, not ours. Do you know this? God is never late. Never. Never once ever has He ever been late in the midst of your circumstance, ever. He's always on time. Just a few more verses in Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? And child of God, you know. And you have heard. The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Did you hear that, child of God? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not think. That's those who have fixed their eyes on Him and are following Him. Regardless of the turmoil, the strife, and everything that may be going on in our lives. Keep looking to Him. Trusting Him. Wait on the Lord. If we do what will happen... Well, child of God, we we talked about trees, good tree, bad tree. How about this in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8? Blessed is the man, woman, child, who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Maybe we we'll all take verses that we've read today. Let them speak to our hearts. Let, let us let's examine our our hearts. Let's examine our thinking. Let us examine just our lives and and what what. What is, what is hindering us? What things perhaps that we have in our life that is hindering us? So Kevin, you, you preached on revival. One, one of the men that, that we got to hear preach, preach talked about revival as well. And he gave this definition of, of revival. It's a new beginning of obedience to God. Now think about that revival. Where does revival truly begin? In us, in us, in our hearts, in our thinking, in our mind, in our looking to the Lord, and, he's, and He said, "It's a new beginning of obedience to God." And perhaps today, some of us may, need to, like, have a have a fresh start, a new beginning, because we're we're. We're coming into, uh, Scotty mentioned crucifixion and preparation for crucifixion and all that. Let, let me ask you this. As Jesus came into Jerusalem, remember He, ro- he rode in on the foal of a donkey. He came in. And as He was there, what was one of the first things He did when He came? When He went to the temple, what did He do? He, he, he threw out the money changers. He cleaned house, didn't He? of the corruption and all of these things because my house will be a house of prayer. God's house will be a house of prayer. Now here, let me ask you this. This earthly body, doesn't the Word of God tell us, is a temple? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Did you see where I'm going? Do we need to surrender to the Lord to say, God, come into this temple and if need be, clean house. Uh, are we all brave enough to pray a prayer such as that? Lord, come in and clean house. Even that secret closet that's over there that nobody else knows about, that's, that's me. Nobody knows about that thing. Well, He does. And say, Lord sweep it clean and help me Lord by your grace and by your mercy to keep it clean a new beginning of obedience to God trust him trust him trust him let's pray heavenly father we we give you thanks for your word and and lord I just pray it just wasn't all over the place but I I pray that you can take it and solidify it all in the hearts and minds of everyone who is listening. Take all the fluff or anything that that was not needful or necessary and Lord, just just strike it from their memories but help them to remember those things that are true. The great and precious promises. Help us to be able to honestly examine ourselves of to who we are serving. Help us to honestly examine ourselves to to what fruit we are bearing. Lord, give us strength for every day. We know You will. You're there. You're always there. Father, You you never forsake us in in any form or fashion. It is us. It's always me, Lord, that turns away. It's always me. So, Lord, help me as we sang that old song, all for grace to trust You more. All for grace that... That even in the times of trial or tribulation or sickness or, or financial troubles or relationship troubles or whatever it may be, that, that I can trust you. And Father, should there be someone who has listened today? Open their eyes to see what kind of tree they are. Good tree or bad tree. Open their eyes that they can see that they're serving perhaps the wrong master. And Lord, this is a miracle of salvation that only you can do to, to open blinded eyes, to open dead, a heart that is dead. And it's you, Lord, who can speak. And you can raise a, a dead spirit to life. Give them life that they may have eyes that they can see, that they can have a heart now, a living heart of a spiritual heart that they can believe, that they can see their sin and they can repent in in believing that Christ died for them and that their payment for sin was paid through the blood of Christ. So Father, by grace through faith, give them that faith that they might believe. Grant them repentance as they would fall upon their knees and just pour out their hearts to You confessing their sin before You. And Lord, grant them a faith, a continual faith, a continuing faith that they may serve You and bear good fruit the remainder of their days here on earth. So Lord, help us all to do that. Lord, help us to live and serve You as we should. Help us to honor You as we should. Lord, help us to worship You in spirit and truth. Lord, teach us what that is. Teach us how to do these things. Help us, Lord, I pray.